we have to keep returning to both the mountaintop, you know, so to speak, of the baptism and yes, the power and, of God. But also the spirit thrusts him into the wilderness. Mm. And so there are key points in our lives where we need to find God. Sometimes it's going to be in the the mountaintop power experience right. of I hear the audible voice sure, of God. Sure. Um, but straight after that, you know, I'm going into the wilderness for 40 days to face pure evil. Mm. And I'm going to find God that in, in that experience. So there's that inner life going on. But that's the foundation for Jesus in his identity. But then, you know, the Spirit thrusts him into, he returns to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's mm. where you start mm. seeing the strategy coming in. Right. You know, I'm going to write, I'm going to multiply leaders. Select these people. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, this thing's going to spread through contagious mm. relationships. We're just going to have simple adaptive methods, you know. Mm. Um, so there's a whole uh, range of strategy pieces. Mm -hmm. And then there's changing methodologies that right. we use. Yeah. So the foundation is who we are. And there will be key crisis moments both mountaintop and wilderness, where, where we've got nothing left than the ability to cling to Christ mm. when we feel everything has been taken away from mm. us. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. All right, everybody, passion and purpose again today. I'm just so grateful for all that God's been doing through our journey. And um, today we have a big privilege uh, to have with us Steve Addison. Uh, Steve lives in Melbourne, Australia. I'm going to let you tell, let him tell you a little bit about himself. But what I know about Steve is he runs an organization called Move, which is what we're all about. And mm. that is this: when we talk about being a people who have a passion for Jesus and His purposes in the earth, we we mean that our desire is God's desire, and that's that every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Mm would hear of Jesus, would have the opportunity to respond. And when we all die and we stand before the throne room, we will see people to our right and our left who we've been able to mm. impact with this glorious gospel. Yeah. So Steve, I know you've been mm. chronicling, pursuing that in your own journey. Take us back, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we want to hear about the move of God around the world. Okay, well, I'm, I'm a grandfather. I have uh, two grandchildren, four grown-up children, and married to Michelle. Uh, we met uh, on the Ark in Amsterdam. Mm. Uh, that's a ministry a guy called Floyd, Floyd McClung. Yes, Floyd's yeah. an old dear friend. Yeah, and wow. she's an Australian. And um, so we've been involved in church planting a long, long way back. We planted the first church, church plant out of uh, the church I grew up in and came to faith in. Um, and God just took us on a journey, you know, in the midst of that very successful church plant, the Lord just shook us. We, mm. we, we had a church fight mm. and uh, it, it all of a sudden I discovered the Lord was not as impressed with my ministry as I was. Mm. And uh, just the numbers and those sorts of things. Sure. And that's when the call came, Steve, it's not about one church, it's about mm. a whole new generation of churches across wow. the land reach, you know, to reach this generation. Wow. 
And that's been about a 30 year journey since that encounter with God in my garage as I was, <laughs> you know, desperate in prayer that mm. uh, once, once he'd sort of shaken my life and ministry. So it was tough and, and wonderful, life changing. Can, can I pause just a second? You know, uh, people that I meet that love Jesus and are in on what mm. God's doing right now, everybody has the same story. They encountered God. Mm usually in a desperate place yes it wasn't always like man isn't this great i think i'll mm. just do this it was wrestling through something mm. the pain of our lives the challenge we're crying out to god and then god speaks yeah. right i mean i bet you found that to be true everywhere yes. you go yes everywhere and not just today but throughout yeah. history that's the general pattern that yes god even you know um peter at cornelius's house it's 10 yeah. years since pentecost right um, they're not quite getting this whole go to the nations thing and mm -hmm. incorporate the Gentiles. And um, God has to shake him up. Yeah. And of course, Paul was the same. Wow. Mm. Okay, well, that's a whole other podcast for another yeah. day. But, but okay, so you got this heart for, all right, it's mm. not just about me. It's about the move of God. It's about multiple churches and church planting around the world. So you've gone on this quest and this journey to not only be a part of it, but mm. also to help us chronicle it, help us see what God's doing. So give us an update, like from mm. your worldview, what's God doing and what are the common themes you see going on worldwide as far as the church and Jesus and all the good stuff we're all about? Mm. Well, the really encouraging thing for a guy who got his call to movements 30 years ago is it's everywhere now. Yeah. You know, that's the predominant uh, for those who are committed to the core missionary uh, task of multiplying disciples uh, and churches, they're thinking in terms of movements. And it's not just the guys who write the books in the West. Right. It's, it's, it's the folk who are, who are pioneering in, in yeah. faraway places. And they, they give us all the principles to put in the book. Sure. You know? yeah. the, the guys are making it work. <laughs> yeah. Right. In Africa, Latin America, yeah. Asia, etc. You know, and so you, you're bumping into this all over the globe. And it is so encouraging uh, that now we in the West are learning from places yeah. where ultimately we, we planted the gospel and now they're surpassing mm -hmm. what we're experiencing now. And in all sorts of places, you know, so I'm thinking of a young couple in the center of London reaching Google and Facebook employees. Yeah, tell this story, this is okay. amazing. Well, yeah. this is Colin and Lindsay Seal, who are right. based in London, and um, that's their, their professional background, um, or at least uh, Lindsay's and Colin was in finance. But, you know, this is the amazing thing. They're training hundreds of people, not just in London, but in global cities. And guess what you do? You walk up to someone on your break and you say, hi, um, could I pray for you? Right. <laughs> and guess what you do in, a, in a, a remote village in Nepal? You walk up to your neighbor, how can I pray for you? Yes. You know? And sometimes tears will come and all of a sudden the heart is open and they'll share their story sort of wrapped around the gospel. They'll share something of the gospel and then just meet with people for discovery bible study and discipleship mm -hmm. leading on to church formation and it's it's happening you know 200 people have come to christ in central london in, central, it, in their company or, or yeah the in their company or, or in that in, in environment at lunch times because they're yeah. in an environment people on their break and it's all mm -hmm. professionals 
you know, so that's happening in, in, in the heart of London and it's bouncing back to neighborhoods and families. But then I've become just uh, fascinated by the move of God in the favelas, the slums of uh, Rio de Janeiro and the prisons that are totally um, dominated by the, the drug gangs who, you know, sure, in one sense they're, they're oppressed, but they're also oppressors. They're murderers, they're sure. drug, you know. Yeah. And yet, you know, uh, I interviewed just recently Andrew Johnson, who's a, he's a believer, but he wrote, wrote and researched as a sociologist. He went into the prison and stayed there. Um, in Rio. In Rio. Mm-hmm. 10 to 15% of Rio and Brazil's prisons now are disciples of Christ. Mm. The churches are led by prisoners. Mm. Uh, They're respected by the drug gangs and given space and protection as long as it's a genuine conversion. Mm. So, because if you leave the gang, they'll kill you. Right. Unless you have a genuine conversion. But if they see, well, this guy's still doing drugs, he's still doing this and that, They'll kill him. <laughs> you know? Wow. So it's a great motivation high for discipleship. Bar, high bar for discipleship. <laughs> yes, you're a dead man. You're if a you dead don't. man if you don't get all in. Wow. So tend to fit, and, and they will allow members to leave the gangs because they the, the church does not attack the gangs. Makes it clear what you're doing is wrong. Mm. But um, it's they don't set out to, you know, we're going to clap and go after right. We're going to come and pray God's blessing mm-hmm. on you as a person, mm-hmm. you know, despite the fact that you're a very dangerous criminal. Mm. And so there's a mutual respect and, and, and sort of trust in that whole equation because the prisons are run by the gangs, not by mm. the prison authorities. You know, so, uh, you know, I could keep going with stories. I'm just mm. saying, you know, it's just wonderful to see there's this, contagious spread of the gospel leading to discipleship and and the formation of churches Mm. and this is on now all the the major mission agencies it's on there this is what they do now right but probably the game changer is to bump into um some nigerians you know we lived in leicester in the heart of england for three and a half years well the the redeemed church of god has three church plants in this little English city. Okay. They want to plant a church within 10 to 15 minutes walk, I think, of every person on the planet. Um, so the Nigerians are coming, the Brazilians are coming, the Koreans are coming. So if we, if we lose this generation, don't worry because they, you know, your, your yes. sons and daughters and grandchildren will be reached by, um, uh, by Chinese evangelists from the well, mainland. Well, uh, let, let me, let me, uh, this is a, uh... You know, a lot of studies are coming out these days on millennials, Gen Z, etc. Mm-hmm. We tend to be distraught because we still, in our Western mindset, kind of think we're the center of the world, right? Mm. Of course, there's a global expression of millennialism and Gen Z and all that. But you know, an interesting stat I read the other day from the Wall Street Journal NBC poll was kind of what, what percentage of millennials, at least in America, um, uh, believe that religion is important mm. and it was distressing for how low it had been versus previous years of other generations but it was down to 30 percent mm. and and i thought 30 yeah. percent think religion's important we can yes. change the world yes. just give me 10 percent so yeah so 
take us down that train of thought, right? So disciple making always brings hope. Yes. Right? You're seeing it yes. worldwide. So talk to me a little about it. If I, if, if I just said, Steve, talk to me about disciple making always brings hope. Mm. Uh, what does that look like? What do you see happening? Well, I think because it, it puts, instead of putting ourselves with all our, our problems and limitations at the center, it puts God at the center as mm. Lord and King, mm. you know, revealed to us in Jesus. And it's, it's, you know, I was a young man once, you know, and I was a mess. I was far from God, but a, a, a guy brought me back to Christ. Um, and what inspired me to, to, you know, go overseas and uh, join a, 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 a missionary venture in Amsterdam. It, was, it wasn't somehow all my needs are being met or my mm. cultures being understood. It was the call of Christ. Mm. And so one of the challenges is, you know, it's, just, it's not just a marketing thing. We just right. got to tweak this thing to yes. get in the millennials. You know, every generation needs to hear the call to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but also needs to be challenged to, to go do what a William Carey did, either in their world or to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And young men and women will be inspired and called out by that. And so it hasn't changed since Jesus rolled up to <laughs> right. a bunch of young men and, uh, and some women and, and basically said, come follow me, I'm the king, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll give you this promise, I'm going to teach you how to fish. So yes. day one, we're going fishing. Mm. So now you're joining a cause. Mm. Not, and, and so millennials will join a cause. Part mm. of the problem is um, we, we're not giving them one. We're not right. giving them a big right. enough challenge. Right. We're trying to work out how can we, you know, they're a bit sort of suspect about this whole uh, marriage and human sexuality thing. They're going to tone that one down. No, well, Jesus is going to come in and say, well, let me offend you with a few mm. statements about, <laughs> what you, how you, right. about yes. your sexuality and sure. what I expect. You sure, know? sure. So, you know, I remember when my guys were young, I mean, I had two sons that are over six foot tall, um, and, you know, they've got basketball coaches on the phone. They all want my boys when they're young men, you know. And, uh, and I think to myself, is, is the youth leader, is he on the phone? Wow. You know, you, and when you play, um, not just your local sport, sure. we call it rep, you yeah, know, the yeah, next yeah, national, level up, yeah. a state or a citywide or right. national level. If the average church made those sorts of demands on a young person, right. you know, it'd be in the papers. This is a cult, you know. Sure. But that's what the basketball or football coach expects of them. Yeah. You know, they're going after them. And I, I think it's, it's the same in every generation. Mm. Yeah, so, so if we, we, the wholeheartedness is mm. always in vogue. Yeah, yes <laughs> right? it is. It's because the human soul yes. always wants... A wholehearted yeah. uh, opportunity or an adventure. So, that's what that's what I've said through the years as well. You know, the people have said, "How do you guys still retain young people as y'all are getting mm-hmm. older?" And I said, "It's a wholehearted vision, man. Yes. It's, it's all in for Jesus. It's an adventure of a lifetime." I think the the thing that I get concerned about from my own life or or for us as a people is not refiring and staying hot yes. and hot in our own hearts, mm. staying sharp, staying big, staying mm. zealous for the kingdom and the whole world. So when we talk about movements and all that, maybe one other principle, could you mm. hit on 
my deal is is though we're tweaking strategies and we're getting better strategies mm-hmm. and all that if god shows up just about every strategy works mm-hmm. if god yeah. gets a hold of the heart mm-hmm. most of these things work but if god doesn't show up in a very dramatic way in people's hearts some of these it, it's not always about the strategy right i mean yes. the strategy matters to yes, facilitate and to empower yes but in the end, it's the it's the heart. So, what have you seen? Where how does revival and the move of God fit into these new movements that are happening around the world? Well, I've been absolutely transfixed by these two stories in Jesus' life of his baptism and wilderness testing, because mm. they mark the transition from his life in Nazareth into the the, the birthing of the movement. And the father is writing things on the heart of the son, you know, to do with dependency on the Holy Spirit, uh, obedience to his living word, mm. and willingness to, to die for that core missionary task of, mm. of rescuing people from, from, from sin and death. Mm. And so we have to keep returning to both the mountaintop, you know, so to speak, of the baptism, yes, and the, and, but also the Spirit thrusts him into the wilderness. Mm. And so there are key points in our lives where we need to find God. Sometimes it's going to be in the, the mountaintop power experience right. of I hear the audible voice sure, of God. Sure. Um, but straight after that, you know, I'm going into the wilderness for 40 days to face pure evil. Mm. And I'm going to find God that in that experience. So there's that inner life going on, but that's the foundation for Jesus in his identity. But then, you know, the Spirit thrusts him into, he returns to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's mm. where you start mm. seeing the strategy coming in. Right. You know, I'm going to ra- I'm going to multiply leaders. Select these people. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, we, this thing's going to spread through contagious mm. relationships. We're just going to have simple adaptive methods. You know, mm. um, so there's a whole uh, range of strategy pieces, mm-hmm. and then there's changing methodologies that right. we use. Yeah. So the foundation is who we are, and there will be key crisis moments both mountaintop and wilderness, where, where we've got nothing left than the ability to cling to Christ mm. when we feel everything has been taken away mm. from us. I think the other thing that renews us, that's the most important, but the other thing that renews us is some people think it's, it's just, if I just wait here in my lounge room, the Spirit will come and I'll be in the Word and I'll, I'll 24-7 prayer and worship, mm. which is what we love to do. Sure. But... but Jesus says, as you go, I'm going to be with you. So one of the things often that will bring renewal to us is, you know, how long does it take between the Spirit coming at Pentecost till they hit the streets? Mm. You know, is it five minutes or 50 minutes? We don't know. And you find Jesus in the harvest. Mm. You step out and maybe you've had to learn some skills You've done some training. You're on a team because you're terrified and you wouldn't normally do this stuff. But then you step out somewhere like, you know, Lesbos in the middle of the the refugee crisis and you meet Jesus there on the front line and you're never the same. So I think that's the the key to renewal Mm. is, is, um, you know, sometimes it is 
is that inner work and sometimes no just get out there and do something mm. you know yeah go, david you shouldn't be on your rooftop looking at bathsheba sure go out it's it's time to fight battles yes know? and i think it's both yeah both beautiful those things beautiful yeah. well let's let's just kind of wrap today in those thoughts then mm. that um the gospel is not complicated mm. right no absolute surrender to jesus yes. And then being a witness of Jesus, mm. and we see him everywhere. Yeah. It's just the nature of the deal, right? Yes. But I know that we both believe, and it takes community. It takes mm. yes. people together to do it. Yeah. That's why I'm such an advocate of the mm. church and mm. church planning movements and the whole deal, because I know that in my best zeal, I'll last a few days, mm. uh, as just as me personally. Yeah. But that fire is to be shared and multiplied. And whether it's me sharing with somebody and seeing mm. the power of the gospel with them and then bringing them with me, or whether it's uh, that community that's on mission together. Mm. So maybe what I would say, uh, just a couple things as we close, is, man, whoever's listening to this, get on the mission of Jesus, mm. right? Yeah. Whether that's the mission of a heart transformation, surrender to him, whether that's the mission as a community, whatever community mm. you're a part of, missional. Mm how we reach in, how we just like those guys at Google in the workplace or in the middle of Kazakhstan, right? Yeah. So Steve, just as we close, what of your four books, mm -hmm. which one would you say, if you were gonna say, mm -hmm. you gotta listen to this one to get, you gotta read this one to yeah. get the kind of the crux of where we're going, what would it be? I'd probably say the most recent one, The okay. Rise and Fall of Movements, ah. A Roadmap for Leaders, because the engine room is that identity piece. You yeah. know, Jesus surrendered, to the word, the spirit, and the core missionary task. Yeah. And what you'll do as you read that book, and you'll see this is the engine room. As we move right. towards Jesus, life and ministry, the movement advances. Right. As we step back from that, movements decline. And right. the only way back yeah. is the identity piece. Wow. But you'll start in the rise and fall of movements, and then it'll point to the other three books where you want to go uh, in depth. Super. in looking at different issues. Super. Steve also has a podcast, the name of the podcast. Movements Podcast. Movements Podcast. And you are the latest uh, interview. And I was the latest interview, yeah. so he traded me <laughs> and sat here with us today. So, hey, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Keep taking the journey with us as we continue to pursue a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.